It's the My Michelle Live podcast. The wait is finally over. Oh. Ferociously entertaining. A dazzling escape. Wow. It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. Hey, glad to have you along for the ride. We're going to get to some entertainment news and some movie reviews. It's what we do going into the weekend, getting you ready to just have some fun. And my co-host, my cohort in these endeavors is the one and only. I'm pretty cool. Plugging you into the movies. This is Adam Holm. Yo, Adam. Hey, how was your fourth? It was fine. It was fine. Two of my three children were out of town, so it was a little weird, actually. And they canceled most of the big fireworks displays, I think, over fire issues. It was mostly hooligans in our neighborhood firing off really big, totally illegal fireworks, which I think is fine. <laughs> no fires. Uh, no no fires. Governor. It's a good fourth. I like it. You got to have a hot dog yeah. or two and you got to yeah. have some kind of spark somewhere. So there you go. Yeah. We're going to be looking first at some entertainment. Entertainment news. There you go. Thank you, Big Voice Guy. It's not really entertainment news until Big Voice Guy says it is entertainment news. I appreciate that. We're going to start just beyond entertainment and talk a little food and entertainment. Did you know more Americans are apping their fast food? Apping on your phone kind of thing. Apping like their fast food. That sort of thing? Yes, and apping in entertainment as well. So no surprise after all the lockdowns, of course, but we can order those dinner and a movie nights in and people have loved it and they're having a hard time, in some cases, breaking free from that. Some people are more than ready to get out of the house. But by the way, despite the pushback and the canceling and the denied, there is one fast food entity that reigns supreme in the U.S. Would you have any guesses what that is, Mr. Adam? Uh, does it start with chick and end with filet? It does. For the eighth straight year, Chick-fil-A company founded on biblical principles is America's favorite <laughs> restaurant. So there you go. Congratulations, Chick-fil-A. I've got one in town. Have you eaten there? Oh, yeah. It's a practically a religion with my family. Mike, well, we haven't gone for two days. Okay, so as about your North American entitlement syndrome that is at work here. But the thing is, they're so fast. Like I go to, I shall not throw other restaurants, fast food restaurants under the bus by name. Wendy's, there's two people in line and it takes 20 minutes. I'm like, do you guys even know about Chick-fil-A? <laughs> cars through in the time it took you to make one hamburger. And they're just, so friendly. They're so friendly. My pleasure. Right? I have not done a whole lot. I don't do a whole lot of fast food. So I'm wondering if you have a recommendation. If I make my way to Chick-fil-A this weekend, what should I get? I'll just get a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And okay, boom. Easy, done. We're not pickle people, so we always do it. Sans pickle, I will say, and I hope that this is like a paid promotion on the side for you because we're hitting it pretty hard here. Um, <laughs> their macaroni and cheese is out of this world. Their macaroni and cheese is almost as good as their chicken. Which okay, is I'm going to have to try that because I, I make homemade macaroni and cheese and you know, it's a southern good, thing. So you got to see. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> It makes me make the big eyes face. That's how good it is. (laughs) I need a screenshot of that. Hey, can you guys in engineering, 
Yeah. Okay. Thanks. And no, this has not been brought to you by Chick Fil A. Let's get on to some no. other news. So, a pair of Grammy-winning female artists are being called turfs. Now, I'll tell you what that is in just a moment. If you're not in the know, it's hard to know when it's okay to stand up for women and when it's not. Right. It's okay to stand up for women if you're willing to kill some. Not okay to stand up for women if you're standing up for the women who are in the womb. And it's not okay. And this is the confusing part. It's okay. It's not okay to appropriate and, and dress up as an Indian or a Mexican or someone that's Chinese. That's appropriation. But it is not appropriation to dress up as a woman and to pretend you're a woman when you're a biological male. So now that you're in the know and you can navigate the new religion of the alphabet Bet Mafia correctly, Bet Midler treated women. Of, I'll show you the tweet here if you're watching on. Yeah, she got in big trouble. Oh, yeah, she did. Bet Midler is hardly a cultural conservative either. That's no. for sure. And you can see from her tweet, she said, women of the world were being stripped of our rights over our bodies, probably referring to abortion, our lives, and even our name. I, they don't call us women anymore. They call us birthing people, menstruators, and even people with vaginas. Don't let them erase you. Every human on earth owes you. So they owe you. I'm not sure what they owe you, but apparently they do. TERF, by the way, stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. And that is otherwise known as someone who stands for women's rights while only considering people who were assigned female at birth to be women. That backwards biological thinking. And then let's just talk about the word assigned, right? Who made the assignment right there or implying that there's something more. Anyway, I digress. I digress. <laughs> or you progress. You're just not progressive. Another mafia news story comes to us from Marvel Comics. Spider-Man will be the next character to have an LGBT story arc in an upcoming comic book by Marvel Comics. The writer for Marvel, Steve Fox, broke the news of the comics release on social media. He said, surprise, I had a huge gay honor of helping to co-create Web Weaver, who will make his de debut in Edge of the Spider-Verse number five this September. It's, he's going to be very effeminate, as I understand. Have you heard? We've talked about this. It has been weaving its way in and out of the comic books well, themselves. Well, the thing is, I have shared a little bit confessionally that I'm a little bit of a comic book nerd. There has been a lot of blowback from the rank and file comic book audience that they're tired of it. They're just... And they're not buying those books. One of the big DC wow. books, the new Superman with his son, Cal L being the whole thing is just a gay romance. It's more like a soap opera than a superhero story. And it is not sold well. And again, just as we've seen with Lightyear, Minions came out last weekend. Minions made more in three days than Lightyear has made in three weeks. Wow. Is it because it's that much better a movie? No. Having seen both of them, no, it, it's not. I thought Lightyear was a delightful movie, but we have a big advertisement for gay marriage right in the middle of it. And I actually don't know anybody among my peer group who has seen it, and that's why.
but they refuse to get we're done. Why is Lightyear doing so horribly? It's we're, not a mystery. We're just done. And we're done because leave one, leave kids out of this. And <sighs> in the adult realm, there really is no debate. I tend to be more libertarian and I say, do you do what what you want to do as an adult? If you're in yeah. a committed relationship, <clears throat> I don't care what your orientation is. You're trying to live life the best you can. And as a Christian, that's going to offend some other Christians. But if sure. you're not, if your beliefs aren't like mine, you do you. However, just like I don't have the right to go and, and say, we're going to change communion and communion is no longer the bread and the wine. It's pizza and beer. So who are you to say that? You didn't start right. communion. You weren't the initiators of communion to overtake it is more of that inappropriate appropriation. And as such, marriage was created by God. It's a religious thing. It is for a man and a woman. You want to have a committed relationship. <laughs> you want to call it whatever else you want to. You do you. But our society is best served when we recognize marriage and what it has to offer for children, and that marriage is between man and a woman. I am not for one for, and I know we're digressing a little bit. We've talked about this. I'm not one for discriminating against people, hating on people because of their orientation. But conversely, we should be able to have this conversation. Yeah, we should be able to. And as you and I have talked about in the past, it begs some pretty important philosophical questions that I actually don't hear very many people talking about. What is the purpose of sex and who gets to decide? And as Christians, we believe that God designed it as an expression of oneness between two people who've made a lifetime commitment to each other. And because we're created in God's image, male and female, the fruit of that union is new life just like God created new life. And that's in some ways as close as we ever get to being God. And not that I'm trying to be God, but you understand what I'm saying, sure, that, sure. that it's a profound thing because it results in the creation of life. And I'm sorry, but two people of the same gender on their own can't do that. Yes, there are ways technologically that same-sex couples can have children, but they don't do it naturally and that's a clue that this is not the way God designed it to be. And so that's what we believe. Our culture believes that the purpose of sexuality is really self-fulfillment um, and that we get to decide individually. And, and yet, I think it's doesn't that even run in conflict with a naturalistic point of view? Because if you look at well, the yeah. natural world, uh, sex is for procreation. Sex right. throughout the animal kingdom is is for procreation. During the time that animals are in heat and they do what animals do. And so to <laughs> say that it's just that that it's for self-expression that goes against naturalism as well so it's well, it again it's it an does. inconsistent worldview you hear me say that a lot on the on all of these programs on my michelle live follow your worldview where's it lead and i think the other thing that i would say is that we as christians sometimes get pegged as extremists on this issue i would okay. actually say that we have a middle of the road perspective ah. and here's what i mean by that on one side, you'll hear some people who are not coming from a Christian perspective say, 
sex is just a biological function. It's like sneezing or coughing or going to the bathroom and that it's innocent, it's pure. The whole sex positive movement grows out of that sort of thing. And then on the other side, we have our sexual identity is the most important part of who we are. It is everything. We filter everything through our sexual identity. And I would actually say that as Christians, we would say sex is important. It has consequences, but it's not everything. It's not the entirety of my identity and it's not nothing. And so even though we get paid as the extremists, I would say we actually have a pretty balanced perspective on sexuality. And I think that helps us actually to deal with the outcomes of the expression of that, that we're emotionally devastated because we had promiscuous sex with a whole bunch of people. We're not dealing with unplanned pregnancies. Like there are real consequences to those worldviews that affect other people, not just you. And the abortion debate obviously gets woven in here too. And just the whole idea, and now I'm just preaching and ranting. I think Uh, you lay it out fairly well, and I think it can be helpful to understand or have your worldview articulated for those who may be of a biblical worldview and for those who are watching or listening or reading who who aren't presenting that worldview in a way that is unspun from mainstream media and the leftist agenda makes you go, oh, okay, this is where we can have a conversation. So we've talked. And and I think that in our relationships, what it comes down to is we want to be close enough to people that we can just say without judging them, how's it working out for you? Like, how is your worldview on this issue? Is it working? Is it, does it make you happy? Is it, is it fulfilling? We do know that according to a Gallup poll released just at the end of last month, the world is less happy than they have ever been. And confused, yeah. I would say. We talked about women and that we can't define what a woman is. Now the term gentleman is <laughs> is under fire a little bit. Gentlemen right. used to re- refer to chivalry, courtesy. Right honor. And of course, it was replaced recently with the gender gender neutral phrase of gentle person that hasn't caught on so much, but it's back. It's too many syllables. It's too many syllables. (laughs) There it is. We're just simple people here, but it has caught on again in a very odd way. Have you heard of gentle minions? I was just reading about them like five minutes before it's people dressing up. Felt Men. despicable, yeah. so I bought out the theater. So what it is, it's a TikTok trend that has blown up. And maybe why Minions, The Rise of Gru, topped the box office this weekend with over $200 million in sales. Gentlemanians is a trend where young men, in particular, g- girls are doing it too, but they dress in suits and ties to watch the film. While it's nice, it is nice to see young people dressing up because you don't even see that in church anymore. But the ungentlemanly actions in theaters is getting suits banned from many theaters across Europe and even the U.S. And it's akin to the antics from a Rocky Horror Picture film. That's a cult movie where people come in dressed and they throw toast and they they get rowdy at different parts of the film. I've 
I'm just amazed. I, I think in some sense, it's fun. It's a fun trend, but it is disruptive. Think if you're wanting to go yeah. with your young kids or you're just wanting to go and watch the film. So there's some theaters that are, if you're wearing a suit, you don't get to come in. I think that's short-sighted, though. I think well, that if the I was... they've been, in, in several places in England, at least, the one article I was reading is they've basically rioted, that it's gone from something that is a shtick and that's fun to really behaving badly and destroying properties. So I don't think it's an attempt to say you can't wear a suit. It's we no, don't but that's want how you they... with a bunch of other people behaving really horribly. And Just to clarify, it, it's not banning suits. No, but right. that's how you are identified. Exactly. So, okay, and, you're, you may be me... here to be disruptive. Although I would say if I were a theater owner, I would encourage people to come in in suits and I would have a gentle minions viewing only and they can get yeah. rowdy and I would have security there because I would make money. I could pay security. I could make sure that it doesn't get out of control. And if I have yep. to clean popcorn off the floor because they're in a mosh pit. I could live with that. I cannot live with theater seats being ripped out, uh, right. people being beaten. We just don't have self-control. So I want to make what may seem like a more serious point about this news story than it deserves, because I think it's easy to look at this and just say, ah, people are just being silly. There's a silliness part to this. But I would say, and this is part and parcel with our discussion of sexuality, and I'm not going to talk about minion sexuality, so don't get too worried, that we are created with a longing for transcendence. And you might not think that there's a connection between that longing and this trend, but at the core of that desire for a transcendent experience, which I think God designed us to have with him, is to experience something bigger and outside of ourselves that gives us a sense of identity and meaning and purpose. And when we reject the transcendent God who calls us into relationship, we can't help but look for transcendence somewhere else and in some way that's bigger than us. I think we do it at sporting events. We do it Definitely. through all sorts of crowd-based things. And so I would look at this theologically and say, even if they don't realize it, the people who are participating in this trend have a longing for transcendence and purpose and meaning that shapes their identity. And I think the fact that this could take off the way it has just shows us it's emblematic of how hungry for meaning that we are, that we could find this kind of phenomena with what is admittedly a fun, but ultimately silly kind of movie. I think that we're looking for that. We're looking for meaning, even in as ridiculous as the Minions. Indeed. And, but Minions, <coughs> nonetheless, they came out on top this weekend. This weekend, not surprising, Minions, yeah. Elvis, Jurassic World Domination, Top Gun, followed by Doctor Strange, all came in the top spots for the weekend. And the, of course, this is a big weekend being a uh, 4th of July weekend that we just came out of. Now, with all the craziness going on and the things that we've talked about, just real quick, there's a couple other stories where Christian actors are coming out and saying, hey, you know what? Things have got to change, right? Uh, there's actors like Nathaniel Buzelik, who is known for his roles in the originals and Hacksaw Ridge. He told fans on Christian, on Christian fans on Instagram that Christians should be known for their love and not for being snarky because people get out of control with that, with the snarkiness. Right. Good for you. That's true. And even, I have to tell you, <laughs> it's not 
a complete crazy news report unless you have something like legendary actor Gold Shane and Mohawk Donner, former professional wrestler Mr. T in the mix. He issued a pretty cool heartfelt message on social media this Independence Day weekend saying he has a lot of gratitude for our nation. He also encourages America that the nation who prays together stays together. And that doesn't mean that you have to agree. It just means there's something powerful in prayer. So there you go. It's acknowledging that we're not the beginning and the end point of the universe. And frankly, I think we get that mixed up a little bit. And I think that idea of gratitude is huge because I think that when we stock of the things in our life that are good, when we, I didn't finish that sentence, but <laughs> when all we do is consume bad news or consume the rancor and the, all of the nastiness that's out there, it, it there's a corrosive effect, whether you're left, right, center, up, down. <clears throat> if all you do is listen to all the angry stuff out there, how can it do anything but make you angry? And Paul said in Romans 12, he said, don't let you know, this is the J.B. Phillips version. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. NIV says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I memorized that in college. And it's still there. It's still there. I don't and have it's to important. think about it. And when we reflect on what's true and good, and when we express that gratitude, I think it lowers our blood pressure, Michelle, and we don't have to be so angry. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff to be angry about. I don't care where you're at on the political spectrum. Everybody can be mad about something, but a little bit of gratitude goes a long ways. All right. I'm going to play off that as we go into movie reviews. Movies can be so entertaining, a lot of fun. And yes, we can navigate certain things, but... Yeah. In the end, if we adhere to the messages and we buy in too heavily, we see where it's led us. When we've let the entertainment industry, the media industry, the self selfishness of politics manipulate us and let the world dominate our worldview rather than God. Yeah, things get messed up, but it's an entertaining ride getting there. And what am I talking about? The big movie of this week, we're going to watch almost two minutes of this. This is Thor. Uh, we'll take a look. Love and Thunder. Kids, get the popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space Viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. He got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months, and six days. Give or take. My, uh, sensing feelings. <laughs> the only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. 
there you go. We'll stop it there. Okay. And interesting that some of the advertisement reminds us that in God's we trust with a capital G. And that's just something to think about there. So there you go. Let's talk it up. There you, there you go. Okay. So this is where the hats on my head conflict. Uh, I'm not going to deny that there's a bunch of moments in this movie that are feel-good moments. And even watching that trailer, you get a sense for Thor's one of the best characters to come out of the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Absolutely. It feels like there's a big butt coming. There is a big butt coming. And there's that post-dad bod or pre-dad bod, big butt? Well, I just have a dad bod. I put, yeah, right, sure. Really, one of the problems is there's a scene that shows his post-dad bod fat Thor butt. So I think it's one of the first Marvel movies we've had nudity in. We've got an LGBT storyline with one of the main characters. We've got a lot of violence and a fair bit of profanity. I feel like there's a little bit of frog in the kettle happening with Marvel right now, just as we saw with Doctor Strange. There were things I liked about the movie, but it feels like there's more and more content that we're being asked to navigate. And for some families, those things are not going to be deal killers. It's like, yeah, it's but all when in good does fun. it become a de but deal killer? For others, they're going to say there actually is a limit here. I just want a good old fashioned superhero movie. I don't need to see Thor's butt. I don't need a sermon on LGBT relationships. The spirituality thing, I think, could cut both ways because Gore, the God Butcher, is talking about your run of the mill Greek gods. And we see gods from all sorts of pantheon gathering and behaving badly. They're, they really are not very likable. And Thor is the exception there. Thor is one of the few, if not one of the only ones, that cares about humanity. And so, really, Gore's complaint is legitimate that the gods only care about themselves. But how many people will see this movie and transfer that worldview uncritically to thinking about the capital G God? There's an idea there that religion is fundamentally built on the idea of gods that don't care about us at all. So that one, I think, could go both ways. I think you could have an interesting conversation. But I think if you're uncritically just taking it in, there are some things that are said about religion and gods here that probably aren't helpful. So there's a lot to navigate among those feel-good moments. I like the Jane Foster twist. That works for me. It won't work for some other people. But anyway, what are your thoughts, Michelle? I have not seen it yet. So I was trying to glean from you so that I can have a little information yeah, you know, I going think in. That, I think it's, a, it's an incredibly fun movie. But I think even as we're having fun and we're laughing and we're enjoying something that's bigger than life, we still got to have our critical thinking hats on here in terms of what are the content issues that, that Marvel is introducing. It feels like with each Marvel movie, there's just more to deal with. And, and I think we have to be really aware of that. I've been <laughs> reluctant to go. Usually I have a screening opportunity. I was out of town for it. I've been reluctant to go and see it because yeah. I'm kind of, preached weary. I go to church on Sunday. I get a sermon there yep. and that's by choice. I'm tired of getting preached to by a religion and don't make no mistake. This is really a religion it and is. they are on the jihad. And I feel like I'm being put in this war that I never really wanted to be part of. 
and they're using a lot of fun and great characters and incredibly yeah. well done movies with huge budgets in order to preach to me. Even Christian films, at least, they're pretty upfront saying, hey, this is a Christian film. You come in, you're going to get preached to what you're going in for. So, exactly. Just sorry. We call it propaganda in other contexts. And I feel like there is a growing amount of, of progressive propaganda. That was nice alliteration, wasn't it? In almost everything. And I do think you don't have to be a Christian to just have a weariness with oh, we got to make sure we get all of our virtue signaling in here and all of the different ways that we have to let people know that we're politically correct on all these issues. It's tiring. And in some ways, that's one of the things that I really liked about Gru, uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru. Thank you. Is it, It's just and stupid little yellow guys, you know? And, and there's Top not Gun. any preaching. Top Gun did really well, and I think that's part of it. It was just... I think so, too. Just nice. Let's end on a happy note then. This one I didn't know about. You sent me information on yep. Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Let's just look at a couple minutes right, of this. So I'm making like a little documentary. Oh, it's like it's a like... movie, but nobody has any lines and nobody even knows what it is while they're making it. No. Hmm? They're little shells. Little tiny shells. Tell me about what's life like. It's pretty much common knowledge that it takes at least 20 shells to have a community. My cousin fell asleep in a pocket, and that's why I don't like the saying everything comes out of the wash, because sometimes it doesn't, or sometimes it does, and they're just like a completely different person. So it's actually only two of us now, myself and my grandmother, Nana Connie. We like to watch 60 Minutes because Leslie Stahl is fearless. Nana, make the noise. <laughs> It looks cute. Tell me about it this. It is it is cute. And this is a movie that I think it's a little bit of a stealth movie in that it's so quirky that you might miss that there's some really deep stuff going on here. So this is a movie about a little shell named Marcel, and he lives with his Nana, whose name is Connie, which I think is a really funny name for a shell. Connie the shell, <laughs> Grandma Connie, Connie. And there used to be a whole family of shells that lived together in this house, but the couple got divorced. And while the couple were fighting, the shells, most of the shells got scared and hid in the sock drawer, but the husband took all his socks. And so the, the family was torn asunder. And now poor little Marcel, who said at the beginning, it's pretty much common knowledge that you got to have 20 people to have a community He's only got his Nana and she's getting old and he's worried about being alone and his desire for community and for family. If you watch the rest of the trailer, you'll see there is this sort of giant social media campaign to help Marcel find his family that have been separated from him. It's really delightful. It's pretty weird. It's based on a YouTube video that was filmed in, I think, 2010 that's had 32 million views. So we have entirely too like, much oh, time yeah, on our Marcel's hands. Marcel's back. Too much Maybe, time on our hands. Too much time on our hands. I'm saying too much time on our hands. Uh, and actually, if you think he looks like a hand, it's because it is a hand. Marcel is actually like that. Yeah. Something like that. This is a really sweet movie. It's got a tiny bit of profanity. That's really the only content issue other than Marcel's reflections on being alone. Like, that's the thing that's the deeper thread here is 
there are some pretty profound moments as he reflects on community from a little hand family. And yeah, exactly. So if you're looking for something different that I think preaches some nice messages about community and family, um, this one might be on your list for the weekend. A little show this weekend. So thank you. My my little uh, hand guy here wants to thank you, Adam, for making time for us and uh, remind our... My, my children would be cringing. They'd be like, Dad, you're doing it again. Yeah, I am. And I yeah, don't really I care. And that's the glory of being Dad. I want to remind you to go to PluggedIn.com where you can view reviews on movies, TV, music, games, books, YouTube channels from a non-judgmental. Uh, Christian worldview. It's not telling you as Christians, you shall not. It's just giving you the tools before you go or before you buy. And I love, and I respect that just as I love and respect my friend, Adam Holtz. Remember, we are looking deeper for the God story. And if that God story is important to you, and as it dwindles and it's harder to find, I'm going to ask you and, and tell you the importance of liking, sharing, and subscribing, because as you do, it pushes us to the forefront. So other people who may not have seen or heard what we're doing or heard the God story will have a more likely chance to connect. So we are all in this together. We all make a difference. And remember, in the words of Mr. T, a country that prays together stays together. I like that. I thought he said, I pity the fool. That too. I pity the fool that doesn't like and share. Hey, thank you, Adam. We'll catch you next time. More entertainment at mymichellelive.com.